definitely appreciate it more because right. the work has been, you know, just taking this house on the side of a mountain and taking it and we're slowly transforming it into something that we really are comfortable with. We really want to enjoy. We made the joke today that we don't leave the house because everywhere else is so disappointing. Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Your hosts, Tom and Julie, talk about gardening, homesteading, and connecting with the land at their 10-acre farm in Wisconsin's Driftless Area. It's time to learn, do, grow, and be a little better every day on the Small Scale Life Podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. I'm your host, Tom. I am happy you're here and listening to the show. Thank you for being here today. In this 204th episode of the Small Scale Life Podcast, I have my good friend, Mr. Tactical J, back on the show to talk about the modern day back to the land movement, including gardening, homesteading, and being more self-reliant. I have known Jay for over 10 years, and he and his wonderful wife are experiencing their own back-to-the-land movement as they develop their garden and create a homestead somewhere on the east coast of the United States. At the time of this recording, Jay and his wife were on the eve of a massive gardening project. The next morning, they were going to clear and build their dream garden. What is more remarkable is that this garden, like their home, is on the side of a mountain. There have been many back-to-the-land movements in our history. There was one that started in the 1920s and another one that started in the early to mid-1970s. Economic uncertainty and hard times seemed to be the forerunners and harbingers of the -the back-to-the-land movements. In the 1970s version, people left the urban areas and struck out on their own. Many were fleeing the crime, consumerism, government corruption, inflation, disillusionment over the Vietnam War, and pollution. Many of these people were considered idealists and hippies, oh, scare quotes under hippies, setting up homestead and communes, and they wanted to connect with the land, mother nature, and produce something through their hard work and skills. Reading some literature and news articles from the day, I believe modern folk are not so different than our ancestors of that era. The modern day back to the land movement is upon us, and more people than ever have moved out of the urban areas and are beginning their own homesteading journeys. Crime, corruption, the global pandemic, scarcity, and technology are fueling this new modern day back to land movement. Many of us feel that internal call to get back and connect to the land, become grounded, and feel something real for a change. Maybe we are the idealists and hippies of our age, and you know what? That's okay. Jay and his wife are starting their homesteading and gardening journey with a massive project that will allow them to be more self-sufficient. They're going to learn a lot along the way, but eventually they're going to move beyond completing gardening and homesteading tasks for themselves and open their door to others. They'll bring people in to see and experience the world they're creating and inspire them to try. And that is where the real magic happens. Remember, anyone can do this. Janie's wife will show people what is possible and what they can do with some soil, some sun, some water, some seed, and some hard work. Some people need to be shown what is possible. Some people need permission to start. What is exciting is that Jay and his wife are on a similar trajectory as Julie and me. We share those goals and visions of what their little mountainside homestead and our little farm can be. We're all trying to live a little like Laura Ingalls Wilder in a confusing, chaotic, and rapidly changing world. A path is before us, but it is punctuated by a lot of hard work and on-the-job learning. 
The path will not be easy, but it'll be worth it in the end. This is what we're doing. This is the path forward. This is the way. Join us as Jay and I talk about the modern day back to the land movement through our own eyes, experiences, and homesteads. Let's go. I think that course correcting a little bit and starting fresh, I think there's there's fertile fields out there, especially with shortages and potential shortages of food, fertilizer, all these things, you know, gardening is going to be so important. It's time to talk about that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Completely agree. Um, I'm, uh, I'm in, I'm in full agreement with that, man. I, I look at a lot of what's going on and it's, it's just kind of a situation that, you know, it's a, it's a little unnerving. Oh God. Yes, absolutely. It's unnerving. Yeah. So for any normal person sitting there, uh, what could, what are you thinking? Or maybe you're not even paying attention. I mean, sure. Okay. My favorite chips, I haven't seen those in the store for a couple months or a couple weeks or, you know, oh, geez, it's really tough to get chicken these days. And all I can get are chicken legs. I was talking to a lady from uh, Georgia who's originally from, from Long Island, and she was talking about chicken and how difficult it is getting chicken up in Atlanta. And I was like, wow, that's really amazing. I wouldn't think that would be a big problem, but apparently it is. I know Julie has talked about not being able to find chicken at various stores, even where we're at. So, you know, I'm sure you're seeing the same thing where you are. Yeah, I, I kind of call it the uh, frozen pizza rule. Frozen pizza is one of those things that you definitely wouldn't pass up, but if it's out at the store and you're looking for it, you recognize it. Yeah. And so when you, you know, walking through the store, I remember a couple of years ago, I remember walking through with my wife, we looked at the meat case, meat case was empty. There was, there was impossible stuff there, but nobody's going to eat that. No, you know, no. I mean, I, you know, if you, if you eat it fine, I've had it before. It's not, it's a little less than impressive, but um, <laughs> I've had it before. Yeah. This is like hardboard. I'm just going to tell you that right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, start to realize like you're going to have to do, you have to do some different stuff. Yeah. Yep. And so we started to order from local farms. We started mm-hmm. to order from, you know, just kind of doing like filled the freezer up and just started doing the stock rotation. Right. So yep. Yep. As, as, as we did that, it sort of turned into let's start ordering from, we use a site called, um, Oh, thrive, thrive mm-hmm. market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we use, we use that and we started ordering stuff that we use. Yeah. And we started ordering extra and then we started stockpiling and then we went and bought some shelves and it was very incremental in nature. I Absolutely. have all the respect in the world for people that can do suddenly they're getting into preparedness. I have a yeah. couple of people that come to mind and they, they're like, oh, I'm getting into preparedness now. And then the next day they have chickens and pigs and goats right. and, you know, 10 acres and they just, they're out there working all the time and they've quit their job and they just turned it over. It's like a YouTube montage for somebody, you know, um, <laughs> Instagram or YouTube, uh, uh, right. Story. Right. Yeah. Right. They're, yeah. They, they've, they've turned into homesteaders or preppers in a matter, a matter of a TikTok video. Yeah. And that's not to discredit what they're doing. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, you know, people that I know that are doing that and doing yep. Google mounds and doing the whole thing, but it's right. like, 
if you're working a full-time job and you're working incrementally yep. to make and build things and grow things, well, learn, do, grow, right? Yes, um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, somehow I know that tagline somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where I got before. that. Line. Oh my God, there it is. <laughs> yeah. You, you grow this thing yeah. and you incrementally expand it. Right. So as as you grow this thing, as you put in a garden bed, as you put in three, four garden beds, then you start to realize, man, we're going to need a bigger plot. Yeah. And we're going to need to save this stuff. We're going to need to preserve it because we have the ability to do it. We just have to go get the supplies for it. And then when you, you know, when you go and get the supplies for it, then it turns into, you know, oh, well, now we learned how to can and now we, you know. Had an offer to do a year-round jam thing at, at a local business. They want to sell my stuff. So. What? You're kidding me. <laughs> no. Holy holy crap, that's a total victory right here for me because who taught yeah. you how to do that, my friend? Yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. Right here. I'd say some other words, but it would get me bounced off there. So, (laughs) right, right, right. I think that's so great. And wow, that's awesome, dude. I love it. So, oh, damn, dude, that's great. It's a natural progression. I mean, I started off with two four by four square foot garden beds, and I didn't even, I wasn't even a, I was like a reluctant uh, participant. You know, Jules was, uh, sorry for the up talk, but Jules was all interested in it. And, I was like, oh, okay, I guess we'll do this. I mean, I was excited about it, but not super excited about it. And she was all in it because square foot gardening spoke to her, her sense of order, right? Um, And she could have little one foot squares and divide everything up and it would be all orderly, right? And it's that first harvest where you're like, holy crap, I can't eat all these green beans or I can't eat all these tomatoes, zucchini, what am I going to do with like 10 zucchini? I can't eat all those. So that's right. where the natural progression is from basic, yeah. you know, carpentry and building soil and planting to watering to maintaining. And, oh, geez, I have some blood bugs and blight that I have to deal with or uh, heat or, you know, those kind of issues and too much sun, too little sun. And then you're suddenly dealing with harvest. I mean, there's a lot of skills right there in those things in in those few steps. And then you, you get the bug and the itch and you build on from there. So <laughs> yeah, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm sitting in our study right now yeah. and my wife, have you, as you've seen, yes, my wife went, went completely head first into the planning and research and all that stuff. And I built the infrastructure for it. Mm-hmm. We started doing those seedlings and now we're like tomorrow, tomorrow's the day, tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow. all this stuff. Tomorrow. It's all going down. Start the yep. day tomorrow with some planting for you. <laughs> it's all, it's all going in the ground, man. It's going all in. Tomorrow's yep. the day. We got, tomorrow yeah, we have, day. We have 30, we have 30 sweet potato slips. We've got a dozen. Yeah. We've got a dozen seed potatoes fully chitted out. Um, yeah, there's, there's a dozen tomato plants. There's six different species of pepper plants, sunflowers, greens, broccoli, you name it, man. man. That is freaking great. So now we're going to use this for a podcast, right? Yeah, podcast episode. All right. So, who the heck are you? As we get into this, that was the teaser. Who the heck are you? And we'll get into this because I'm really super excited. Let's talk about that. Yeah. 
Who so are my you, name, my friend, my, my name's Jay, Tom, you and I have known each other for gosh, a lot of years. <laughs> it's been a while, man. Probably seven, uh, eight years. Yeah. We're, we're getting to the, yeah, we're getting to the better part of a decade. And, oh, uh, God, yeah. Yeah. We've, we've sort of leaned on each other for yeah. advice and, mm-hmm. you know, encouragement. Like stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And you, you were pretty much the mentor for the gardening thing. I started following your advice on some stuff. And then now we're, we're going to be running about a, about a half acre garden plot That's with uh, about 20 chickens as wow. well. And then uh, just kind of expanding from there, just doing that, more. We're going to do a bunch of preserving and a bunch of, you know, all that stuff. So that is so exciting. And you've got, not only that, but you turned a little canning operation into a little business side hustle, and then you yeah. you now you've got a little something something going on with a with another business. I mean, that is so yeah. exciting to me. Where you know, so many people are just afraid to pull that trigger and even try. You know, and here you are. You yeah. started with a couple little containers on your deck. To oh no, you were at the apartment even where you had a couple little containers yeah. of tomato plants. And now look at you, look at you go. This is so yeah. great. Yeah. Well, you and I, you and I had a little friendly wager that worked out really well for both of us because it, I think it motivated us to, I think it motivated us to get, you know, to get moving on this stuff. And we just kind of jumped into this and um, we ended up living on, we moved to a house, we bought a house on two yeah. acres yep. and we have a bunch of plants in the works where we're getting a full, we're going to get this full garden with fencing put in. We're going to yep. be doing the full chicken coop. We have, you know, we're going to be building some outbuildings and doing that type of stuff. And we're going to be yeah. able to, I want to be able to bring people out to our little yeah. slice of the pie and have yeah. them be comfortable with going out to the garden, walking through it, and maybe learning something. I always enjoy watching, watching people enjoy and watching them kind of light up when they walk through the garden and see, because I, I sure thought it was magic when I first, you know, was exposed to it. And then, you know, when I was able to do it myself, I definitely, um, definitely appreciate it more because right. the work has been, you know, just taking this house on the side of a mountain and taking it and we're slowly transforming it into something that we really are comfortable with. We really want to enjoy. We made the joke today that we don't leave the house because everywhere else is so disappointing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I'm going to totally tell Jules that because she's a little overwhelmed yeah. right now. She's back home. Yeah. I'm on the road and uh, yeah. you know, we have, we have an overabundance of gardens, you know, where you had a blank yeah. slate kind of in that backyard down the hill we have we we're dealing with the previous several previous owners that thought they were um you know the julia child of gardening and they were throwing up gardens everywhere and we have an overabundance we're going to actually have to cut back before we can move forward and um you know it, it you're right though when you have that when you see those plants grow and you see the look on people's faces like this place actually exists. Person that we both know, well, have listened to before. He had this saying that always stuck with me. He's like, I can't believe this place exists. And that's what I want to create. And you're doing it as well. And I think bringing people out and having little workshops 
showing them how to do stuff. I mean, that is where, that's where it really starts to, having garden is one thing, but when you're starting to teach and show and do and grow and all that stuff, that's where it really gets exciting. You know what I mean? Yeah, and definitely. Food is really exciting too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> right. Um, I, I think, I think that anybody can do it. Yeah. I'm talking to a few friends of mine that they're still renting mm-hmm. and we're all hopeful for the housing market, but if it's out of reach for you, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't cost much to buy a bag of soil and to get a pot and to stick nope. a couple of seeds in there, you know, something that nope. you really enjoy. Well, and some of us started our gardening career renting, right? Like in right. the first house, rental house. After I moved out of Illinois, escaped from Illinois, we lived in a rental house and I um, took the liberty of tearing up the, the the wild area in the backyard where it was nothing but overgrowth and weeds. Yeah. And I turned that into a garden. And that was where I grew tomato plants that were 15 feet tall. You can do this on a rental space. You can do this on your driveway. You yeah. use a different method. You don't have to pull up, till up your whole yard. You can do things on asphalt or concrete. You can do this and grow plants and have food. That's an amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some something as simple as a soup or a salsa garden. Yeah. Just the ingredients for a, a soup, be able to can that. I just I really think that the the way that a lot of the technology is going and the way that a lot of the things that are out there and available to people, the way things are going, they're making it easier, they're making it simpler for people to be less reliant on the fact that they have to go to the grocery store twice a week. We find that we go to the grocery store every month now, mm-hmm. I think. Hey, uh, you had Amy on recently, yes. I listened to that store and I <laughs> she just said the goal is to just kind of stay out of the grocery store. I think that's what she said. She was talking about that. She, you know, just not go only, local. Yeah. Not only the grocery store, but the feed store as well. And uh, yeah, she's trying to develop a method to get feed for her chickens and livestock, which, which will be really interesting if she can figure, figure that out. But fast forwarding that story, she was just at Living Free in Tennessee, Nicole Sauce, and she is on fire starting her own orchard now, starting a bunch of projects, going to these kind of events you get ideas, you know, and like I say, every time you go into a garden, you're getting ideas. You see things, oh, I want to try that, or, oh, that's a good idea, or that really sucks. I'm never going to do that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Well, and you know, and it's fascinating to me because I think it's progression yeah. In a form of regression in terms of modern society. And I, I, it's not to get too philosophically deep. Mm-hmm. But if you think about Little House on the Prairie, if you think about there's a book I'm reading now, it's called Ten Acres Enough. And it's by Edmund Morris. I, I found it on Amazon. It was like $8 sure. for the book. Um, it's kind of a classic story about a guy who ended up picking up 10 acres and independent farming on that 10 acres. And he kind of chronicles his, it's from 1864. So you think about, yeah, like you don't, <laughs> you don't have tractor supply. You don't right. have Menards. You don't have any of that stuff. You right. have trees around you for lumber. You have feed that you grew for your animals yeah. that came yeah. from the soil that you tilled. Now, granted, things have changed a little bit. We're constantly searching to put nitrogen and ammonium, ammonia and all that stuff in the, in, back into the soil and potash and all that stuff. Yeah. But, you, you know, we're, we're, finding a, we're finding our way, right? Yeah. yeah. And... The, as you as you incrementally do this, I feel like every year, every season, you start something, mm-hmm. you learn from it, and then you adjust what you do. 
Right. For for us, it's been next year, definitely starting the seeds later. Right. And for me it would be earlier, but that's just, some, just, just, yeah, right. we could talk about that a little bit later, but yeah, right. keep, do go, do go on. Right. <laughs> you know, starting that later, making sure that your soil and the amendments are going and doing green manure, uh, yeah. Gabe, Gabe Brown, oh, yeah. he's in Iowa or North Dakota, North Dakota, um, North Dakota. He's rancher. Big. He is. Yeah. yeah. He is big on the green manure, man. And I, oh, yeah. I'll tell you, we, we have those raised beds that I hit pretty mm-hmm. hard with the Johnny seeds winter blend and yeah. it is gangbusters in there right now. Nice. So nice. Um, little stuff like that, you know, so instead of, you know, of course we're hearing all this stuff about Ukraine and Russia and the fact that there's fertilizer shortages, yes. there's ways around it, mm-hmm. especially on, especially on a scale like this. Right. right. And, the, and the thing is when you work into community when you work into figuring out how to amend the soil, when you ask some of the some of the people around you how to do this, they've got a wealth of knowledge, and they're like, oh, yeah. "Yeah, we don't really buy vegetables from the store, right? right?" Because everybody wants that massive bounty of vegetables. But it really is. I mean, it comes down to just problem solving and learning every year. Mm-hmm. You have that safety net of the society, right? Right, right, right. now, you have that, and it. It's, it doesn't have to be doom and gloom. If you want to see ridiculous, just go onto YouTube and go look at some of the channels that are out there. And every single week, it's the end of the world. Yeah, That's what they, you know, oh, this is really bad. This is what's right. happening. And then they talk for 20 minutes about the end of the world. Imagine if we spent all the time looking at stuff on TikTok and Facebook and social media and doing all that. Imagine if we were out there turning over soil. Imagine mm-hmm. if we were out there fixing, building, amending something, coming up with new ways to do things. We got rain barrels. Yeah. We, have, we have we have four rain barrels, right? Nice. 50 gallon yes. rain barrels. And that's new because you didn't have that before, right? Right. Yeah. So we adapted the rain barrels, got them kind of modular in nature so we can adjust them and send water to where we need to. And we're getting an IBC to store this water. Nice. Two good rainstorms, and we had more water than we know what to do with. Right, right. Yeah, harvesting that rainwater is, it's really nice. I, now, are you on a well? We are. Okay, yeah. so well water versus city water, is there's a huge difference there. But if you're able to get rainwater too, that stuff, there's no chemicals in it. There's no treatment in it. There's no chlorine in it. It is just pure stuff. And you can, right. the plants love it. The plants yeah. love it. And if you can harvest some rainwater and use it in your garden, man, you are styling and the way your topography is you're probably you're collecting up at the house and you can run a pipe down to your to your garden plot which is down below your house and you've got gravity yeah. doing all the work you don't even have to have a little pump to go right yeah that and we're going to start pulling from um we're going to put the ibc tote or something like a cistern almost mm-hmm. do that on an elevated platform yeah run the run gutters off the chicken coop Nice. Good. Right. So run those, grab a couple more rain barrels. The ones in front of the house, we use that for watering everything up top. And we mm-hmm. still have a hundred gallons, a hundred gallons of water nice. in storage. You went from a house that's completely 100% on the grid, you know, hoping that the power doesn't go out or else the power's not going to, or the water's not going to run to, we're working on getting contractors for solar. We're working on, you know, and I'm going to have them do it. Battery banks and the whole thing. The idea is not to go off the grid and, you know, go full composting toilet and the whole thing. Yeah. As as ideal and as romantic as that sounds, Mm -hmm. what you want is redundancy. Yes. Right. So the idea of like, go to Costco. 
two is buy one. a generator. Yeah. Yeah. Two is one, one is none. Like you're yeah. saying, pick up a couple of jet ski dockside gas pumps and fill them up. Mm-hmm. A couple of couple of 20 gallon, like, oh, I got to go fill my car up with gas. Well, no, you don't. You have it in the garage, so use it. You don't have to run down and fill up a five gallon, you know, jerry can full of gas when you're mowing the lawn or you're working on a project or you're mixing fuel for a chainsaw or whatever. You just you have those stores. And then from yeah. there, you take it even further, right? So think about the rain barrels versus mm-hmm. the IBC tote or a 500 gallon cistern that fills right. up on rainwater. Same right. thing with fuels. Take your 15 to 20 gallon rollable fuel cans mm-hmm. or your, your uh, pumps and then get a 500 gallon tank and then just keep it filled up. Mm-hmm. Fill it up once and just have it just run it through the year. Yeah. Um, and I <clears throat> and I just kind of laugh because this is how my parents and my grandparents lived in central Wisconsin back in the mid 70s, right? They had fuel pumps and, and fuel uh, tanks and, and gardens. And yeah. this is just the way they lived. This was it, you know, because the store yeah. was a long distance away and they couldn't just run five minutes down to the nearest Walmart or uh, Home Depot or Lowe's they had to they had to really make a trip out of it and it was a it was a big deal so if you could have those things at your disposal you're you're saving yourself a whole day of work right of just driving and getting the stuff and coming back that's huge and really it is interesting how we're kind of going back to some of that stuff especially in the times of shortage and uh, inflation you know if you can get it now at a lower price versus when it's skyrocketing up to 10 bucks a gallon you're in much better shape yeah a a lot of the fuel that we're using right now was back when it was 205 yeah right yeah yeah. and nobody wants to admit it but all of this stuff is politically motivated but you know i heard a great quote i sent you this text earlier heard a great quote from my buddy phil and he says let me let me get the words exactly the way they are let me pull this thing up i can tell you it but you know i'll wait Uh, we'll wait (laughs) (laughs) he said he said problems stop at the end of my driveway yeah yeah i love that quote that is really good buddy phil is a sage He's a, he's a wise, wise man. He's got a very impressive beard. He's a wise man. Um, (laughs) Rasputin like almost, you know, (laughs) well, if you will. Yeah. So uh, uncle Phil or something, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uncle Phil. Yeah. Let's start calling him uncle Phil. It's, and I really, mean, that's important. where the problems need to end, right there at your driveway. You're you've got a sense of peace because you're doing the work and you're doing the right things, and you're have you've got some security with food, you've got some security with fuel, you got some security with water and other things, you know. And you're you can do it, you know. And anybody yeah. can do it. That's the thing. Anybody can do this stuff if they put a little bit of time and effort into it. Yeah, for every post on Facebook that some meme farm in India or Russia puts up and it's, you know, oh, I want this more than anything in my life. And it's like that cabin in the woods with the black tin roof and the smoke rising, you know, lazily up. Yeah, that's that's dreamy. But what people don't realize is that that cabin, you had to clear that land. You had to dig a well. There is a, you had to pour the foundation. You had to get the lumber for it. You had to find a way to dig, you know, to clear out a road. You had to, if you wanted solar, if you wanted power, if you want firewood, you have to realize that a lot of this stuff that the quote pioneers did, they were hard. They were hardened individuals because it was their way of life. 
Well, they had no other choice or they were going to die. Right. Know? I mean, if you right. didn't get that crop in, if you didn't harvest that crop and, and preserve it, yep. uh, January is going to look really hard. If you don't, you don't store up all that, the wood stores for your fireplace, yeah. you're done. Or you're yeah. even wood, you know, or, or water, yeah. you're done. And that's just it. So Yeah. I'm kind of known at work as the crazy prepper guy, but when you boil it down, like this is what I tell people all the time. And I'm, I'm sure I've probably said this on previous episodes, but when you think about even our grandparents, yep, right. It was not uncommon to walk. Oh, Hey, go grab this out of the pantry. Oh yeah, definitely. We bought extra. We bought two. They were on sale. We clipped a coupon. We did this, we did that. And they have that full larder to pull from. Mm -hmm. We do it all the time. Yeah. And we just restock. We just rotate that stock. We just restock, refill everything, and we have multiples of everything. When it, we have the, we have the bunker food. We have the survival stuff. We got. I, I got my my mom, bless her heart, gifted me a twenty five pound bucket of meals, like freeze dried. Pay my my Patriot supplier or whoever oh. the company was that they they did those meals. And yeah, I, they're great, awesome mountain house meals and Tupperware and stuff. But we've changed the way we do things. And if you look at it, a year ago, I don't know, bread, mayonnaise, doesn't matter, whatever right? Lunch meat, steak, hamburger. That stuff is astronomical now. Like, and yeah. it's still going up. Like there is no leveling off and all they're doing, all the, all, all the, all the talking heads and the puppets and all those people, they're just blaming each other while this stuff continues to happen. Right. Well, we invested early and we're now reaping the rewards of it. And we're trying to help and teach other people how to manage. Being able to do that for other people is, and our skill set, my wife and I, our skill set that has created a sense of community. Mm. We've helped people medically with some stuff too. And it works out in our favor. Like we have 20 tons of soil being dropped off. I happen to have a bunch of medical supplies that I got from Doc Bones and Nurse Amy. I paid yeah. for a massive medical hall from them. And the guy's like, oh, hey, man, you know, I got to I gotta change this bandage out if you want to give me a hand. So I gave him a hand. He's like, hey, anytime you want to use the tractor, let me know. So I now have access to a full-size John Deere tractor for... I don't know, digging fence posts for a massive garden that we're putting yeah. in tomorrow. I would, I would kill for something <laughs> like that right now. I'll tell you, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, so this it's how it's done. I mean, and this is how it's done. And and um, far up north in northern Wisconsin, uh, there's a guy there who's lived up there for decades, and he does everybody's taxes, and he knows everybody, and uh, he's he makes these little deals. You're like, yeah, I'll do your taxes. You give me chicken. You know, I'll do your taxes. You give me beef. I'll do your taxes. You give me whatever, you know, and, and suddenly they're, they're trading and bartering and doing these things and it's benefiting everybody. You know, there's not this right. middleman that's taking a cut and you feel like, oh man, I'm getting screwed. And it's just an, an agreement, a gentleman's agreement and, and a gentle woman's agreement. And they, that's how things get done in the rural places. And you build that network that way by making good deals. It's like, it's like my grandpa said, good business is good business. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't is a good business is good business and and you make everybody feel good and and then they want to do more business with you. Imagine that. Wow. Isn't that something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's one of those things that people know like I'm in the neighborhood, I'm the jam guy. Yeah. I did two dozen jars of it You're last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and uh <laughs> It gets us stuff, right? It gets us. It gets us community. It gets us. Yeah. 
you know, we can't wait to have people over and gather around that big fire pit and throw some big slabs of meat on there and do some oh. steak and salad for people. Oh, you yeah, know, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, en- enjoy, enjoy the literal fruits of our labor. Yeah. And that's our, vi- yeah, I, I totally, I do know because that's our vision for our little farm in Western Wisconsin and what we want to do and what we want to create there. And, and, and people want to come and there's something to it. There's something to this kind of lifestyle where you've got some really good tasting stuff and people want, want that, you know, and they're and you're getting back to the land. That's another thing too. This is a big getting back to the land movement. You were talking about that book where it was written in what, 1864? 1864. Yeah. 10 acres enough. Right. Post-Civil War, right? So it seems like after these major catastrophic or major times, people are like, you know what? Let's get back to the land. I mean, there was a major back to land movement back in the late 70s, early 80s, you know, after Vietnam and, and people wanted to get back to the land. And that's where we get like Johnny Seeds or Seed Savers Exchange or, um, yeah. Oh, there's some uh, yogurt companies out east. These are all hippie kind of movements that create were created out of the back the, back to the land movement. We're kind of entering that same phase right now, as with all the chaos going right now. People are going to go back to the land, and they don't know what they're doing. So yeah. we can show them the way, which is important. And they're going to be able to teach us stuff that sure we're not going to know. I'm ashamed to say this. I, I don't know how to frame up a wall. I we're I got to build a chicken coop between this month, next month, and July, right? Sure, so, sure. but I had neighbors who framed up plenty of walls. Sure, sixteen and inches on center, brother. Let's go. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, and <laughs> and and I and I'm gonna help them with some stuff, and they're gonna help me with some stuff, and the chicken coop will get put up. It's a matter of just understanding that it's kind of a give and take thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're helping these people out because you care about them. Right. And the the back to the land movement thing is big because people come out. I mean, my, my nephew was out here, gosh, a month ago and he was walking around our, just our tubs, our gardening mm-hmm. tubs. And there was like spinach and lettuce in there and stuff. And a kid that doesn't eat salad, he's six. And I give him a piece of, I cut a piece of spinach and I cut one for myself and for my wife. It's like, Hey come here, try this. And he tried it. And he was like, I, he was like, I like this. What is this? You know? And it, I mean, you talk about, you talk yeah. about that magic that, that goes on and there's, yeah. you know, I, I think, I think people are, gosh, it sounds so cliche because I, I hear so many people say it, but it's really true. I think they're removed from their food. Yes. I think they're, I think they're removed from, I think they're removed from their food. They, I, I had to run to Walmart to get, something i can't i can't put it something for my car um and i walked through the grocery section there's just not there was there's nothing there other than corn and soy that grew in the dirt that was that was even remotely could be considered like something that you would would farm or it would store for through a nuclear holocaust but like mm-hmm. our food we're removed from our food and something special to the idea of like farm to table, right? right, right. When in 1864, farm to table, oh, that, that was Wednesday. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. That's it. You know, like, oh, it's a Wednesday. What else right. is new? Yeah. I right, killed the right. cow myself. Sure. Um, <clears throat> hey, hold that thought for a minute. I've got to just with, with the software we're using, I've got to, I've got to bring you back in because we only get a certain amount of time. That's one of the problems with the software, but let me, uh, you back in and we'll we'll get going okay 
Sorry. Right. All right. This would be a great time for a commercial break, too. So here we go. <laughs> All right. In closing, from the north to the south, from the east to the west, and everywhere in between, may the gods, spirits, and folk be blessed at this place. May we heal the land and protect the soil, animals, and plants. May we live in strength and love, leading the way as we learn, do, grow, and be a little better every day. This is Tom from the Small Scale Life Podcast. We'll be back with another show. In the meantime, stay safe and take care, everybody. This has been a production of Small Scale Life Media. Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. This is Arl Schwarzenegger. I was just hoping that you were all listening to this podcast and hoping you learned something about gardening and doing the homesteading thing. I am not the homesteader. My parents were, and I wish I was, but now I am in Hollywood doing these movies, and it is very exciting. But I am here to tell you to keep doing the homesteading and gardening thing because I am a worthless, worthless political animal. This is what I do. I do the Ukraine thing. I do, I'm the governor. You know, I do all these things and I'm not even pumping myself up anymore. So and let me tell you that I need to pump myself up and I need to get excited about this because, I, you know, you can grow the greens and you can grow the peas and you can grow the squashes and, uh, you know, this is not like uh, curls and, you know, doing the protein powders and any of that stuff. You can grow it yourself. You can grow it yourself. Oh, my God. You can grow it yourself. So I hope you grow it yourself and do these things and grow yourself. Grow your muscles. Grow your muscles. Look at the muscle over here and look at the muscle over there. I can grow the muscles and I can go, oh, oh, look at these muscles over here. So this is Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm here to pump you up and tell you that you can do this. Follow the small sea of light guy. He is a pretty smart guy. I don't know about this other guy from the East Coast. I don't know about him, but, you know, he's all right. I, I think he's all right. So you follow these guys and they do what they do. And then suddenly you can grow your own food and got to get big and strong like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because, you know, one, two, three, four, what are we here for? We're here to grow and do and do all the things. Learn, do, grow, be a little better every day. All right. I'll show up and I can talk to you later. See you. Goodbye. Um, I'll be back. I sound like a dumbass all the time, so... Yes. Yes.